time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. In this episode of the Biohacking Secret Show. There are so many habits that I just are ingrained in my life, and I also think in other people's lives. And if you just stop for it for a couple of days, it, yeah, it really has this sort of reset effect for me. And yeah, you can do it with all kinds of behaviors in your life. In the last 70 years, more than 80,000 new chemicals have been synthesized, and every year over 4 billion pounds of these chemicals, many known carcinogens, are released into the environment. Even more disturbing is that the vast majority of these chemicals have never been adequately tested by any government agency, including the EPA and FDA, in regards to their effects on human health. Fortunately, there are natural organic compounds like chlorophyll and spirulina that contain something called chlorophyllin, which has been shown in multiple studies to detoxify your body from these deadly chemicals and protect our DNA. And now you can get all of your healthy superfoods in one glass. No shopping, no blending, no juicing, and no cleanup. If you're on the go, or short on time, grab a scoop of Organifi Green Juice. It's infused with coconut water crystals, which help improve nutrient absorption, and they've added ashwagandha and turmeric, two of nature's most powerful botanicals in reducing systemic inflammation. I take it every single morning to get my cells what they need to stay clean and make energy and keep our mitochondria functioning the way that they are supposed to. And I also put it in my suitcase every time I'm traveling because it's that important. So if you're looking for a green superfood powder that's all organic, no pesticides, and gets your body everything it needs, that nutritional insurance for you to function your best, head over to www.organifi.com biohacks and enter discount code biohacks to save some money on your Organifi green juice. That's Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash biohacks. And that discount code to save is B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S. Hey guys, Anthony here, and I just wanted to give you a big biohack thank you for listening. I'm so humbled and grateful that you're spending some of your day with me and the Biohacking Secrets Show. And if you get any value from this episode, or you've gotten value from previous episodes, it would mean the world if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes and share this episode with your friends, family members, and coworkers on social media. That way we can continue to spread this information and positively impact as many lives as possible. And it's also how our podcast gets discovered by more people. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode of the Biohacking Secrets Show. Hey, everyone. I know you'll enjoy the interview. If you'd like to learn more of my top biohacking secrets, get a free copy of my best-selling book called The Biohacker's Guide to Upgraded Energy and Focus for free at biohackersguide.com. It's over 500 pages of my top biohacks, and I'll send it to you for free if you cover a small shipping cost. Get your free copy at biohackersguide.com. Peter, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. It's an honor to be on your show, man. Likewise, the honor is shared, my friend. For the listeners who aren't familiar with your work at Superhuman Talks, what, what are you best known for? I'm best known for my work and my thinking and my writing and my interviews about the so-called superhuman era. And it's, it's, it's biohacking, what you can say, biohacking plus. It's about bio-enhancement in which we are really able to significantly upgrade our capabilities as a human, human being, actually. And where do you see the biggest opportunities for, for humanity? Wow, that's a deep question to start with. Um, no warm-up. Don't pull a yeah. hand. <laughs> um, if you look, for, for myself, my path started with, for, for sure, quantified self. So measuring all kinds of aspects of my life. And for the people who aren't familiar, what is quantified self? Quantified self is a movement 
are um, which you can apply in your own life where you are measuring certain aspects of your life for example your health your steps your stairs your the quality of your meditation you can name it and you can measure it actually <laughs> and for me it started with quantified self like when i went out for a run i measured my heart rate my pace my distance my speed etc and then I came into contact with biohacking, which I think is more interesting because it's not only about measuring, but also about improving and altering. And still, when I was on the path of biohacking, I noticed, well, there are amazing developments right now happening in science and technology in which you are really able to change our human beings. And I think the most interesting thing, which is also related to quantified self and biohacking, is our genetics. So the first step is that we are able to analyze our genetics. And now maybe your listeners also heard about the term CRISPR-Cas9. I just wrote down CRISPR. <laughs> that's Fucking good. Mind reader you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's another skill. But CRISPR-Cas9 is, um, is where we are able to more easily, more cheap and faster to change our gene genomics. But not only our own genomics, but also about bacteria, about plants, everything in life. And I also like to quote Bill Gates. When he was interviewed a couple of years ago, he also was asked by the interviewer, well, Bill, what would you do if you were young again? And Bill said, well... Ouch, what a backhanded question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I really like this answer because Bill Gates said, well, I will not be hacking into hardware or software, but I will be hacking into biology. I will be hacking wetware. And I think that's really a profound development. So you do you feel that the biggest opportunity is gene modification, utilizing things like CRISPR technology, having a better understanding of, of our genome um, through some of the, the technology and services that are out there? Um, well, it's always difficult to predict the future. So um, I get hired a lot as a public speaker. Um, for example, also a couple of weeks ago, I was in Japan. They were really interested in biohacking in Japan and the Philippines. And I like to call myself biohacker, but also a do-it-yourself futurist, which we can in, get into later, because I think it's important if you want to understand a development or a technology, you can talk about it and philosophize about it, but it's better to really yeah, tinker with it and play with it and experiment with it. So for example, I have a, a little chip in my hands, uh, an NFC chip, so I'm a part cyborg, as you might uh, might can as you can say. Am I able I also to see it? Uh, no, it's actually just in my left hand between my uh, thumb and my index finger, but you cannot see it. You can only feel it, but maybe another time. <laughs> is it, how big is it? Uh, it's about the size of a rice grain. Okay, nice. And yeah. what is, what's that doing yeah. for you? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting topic because it's an example of so-called do-it-yourself grinding. And do-it-yourself grinding are, I mean, putting electronics in the human body is not that strange. I mean, you have pacemakers, you have uh, hearing implants, but the so-called do-it-yourself grinders are modifying themselves with electronics to add capabilities to their lives. For example, there's a guy who implanted a, a compass in his chest which gets a buzz every time he, uh, he faces north. So he says he got a whole other perspective of his location. But my chip is not doing that. It's, uh, it's, um, I can put information on it. So I use it to unlock my phone. Uh, for a time, I had my Bitcoin wallet on it. Um, I also use it to put on my contact information. So it's an extra memory of my body, you could say. Is, is there risk with stuff like this? This is just like the, the conspiratorially minded aspect of me, but is there an issue with in the future potentially putting so much on chips like this that people are like cutting off hands and shit like that to get all of your information? Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a really nice uh, science fiction movie scenario. I think also played out in some of the blockbuster movies. Yeah, but sure, sure, there are risks. Of co- but what 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 is the risk compared with, uh, for example, having my uh, my wallet with me? Now it's in my hand. I always have wear it with me. But it's um, well, then they just take your wallet. You leave with your hand. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point, actually. <laughs> but wearing the chip is a perfect example of that people are bringing these types of questions up, as you might ask. For example, you can also say now now it's only have some memory. It's, it's not that big of a deal. But you can think of what are problems with uh, people hacking electronics in the body or who's the owner of electronics in the body. So it raises all kinds of moral, practical, ethical issues. Uh, and, and they are really profound. We need to answer them in the couple, next couple of years, I think. What's been the greatest benefit to your life in having that, that chip implanted and in, in becoming a grinder? Is that the word? Yeah, a do-it-yourself grinder. <laughs> do-it-yourself grinder. All right, nice. Well, I think uh, it's not that good of an answer, but I, it's not really a really, uh, really practical benefit. It's not like here in the Netherlands, a lot of people have chips. But in Sweden, for example, there are now 100,000 Swedes. I also was uh, one of the speakers at the Biohacker Summit in Stockholm uh, last couple of months ago. And I also said, well, applaud for you, Swedes, because you are using it for your public transportation. So you don't need a card, but you just have it in your hand. And there are also companies in other, like Belgium, which are also using personnel, uh, uh, staff is using it to get inside and outside the building. So that are applications which are which really have a practical use. And the biggest benefit for me is just that it satisfied my curiosity. Uh, there's There are so many questions and interesting applications of this. Like, I think there's one part of me that's like a little bit concerned about the prospect of having, you know, unnatural non-biological electromagnetic field devices implanted inside me and what that may do, because we just don't know. But then on the other side, there's, you know, well, what if this thing is, is very, very low transmission, especially compared to say a cell phone and, and it's not constantly communicating with other cell towers, but where it just kind of like, you know, it's, it's aware of where you're at and what you're doing and who you're interacting with and what brands you're uh, purchasing and, and what stores you frequent and things. And then that just kind of like updates a couple times a day um, in a way that maybe it can be used to decrease exposure to non-native electromagnetic fields. And, and it could be the actual other side of the coin, you know? Yes, yes. There's and no also, there. I'm just ranting. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point. And I also checked at least with the, um, the type I'm wearing today that it's not em- emitting any signals and it also has bio glass. And when I'm w- going to the airport, I just get through secure, security. There are no rings. <laughs> you don't <laughs> see it and it doesn't show up on the, uh, no. uh, on the TSA? No. So I don't hope terrorists are listening. But But another interesting application, uh, I think there there, there are a lot of biohacks listening, of course, to the show. One thing I would find very interesting is if you have a chip which is in your body, which can measure constantly all kinds of blood values or hormone levels, it gets a more precise measurement. And maybe in the next phase is that you can also alter the kind of supplements based on that. So there are a lot of things we can do with this technology if it's going to play out in that way in the long run, actually. Yeah, the the Aura Ring, do you have one of those? Yes, yes. Right, okay, cool. So so do I, I got, I got their first generation one and then now I'm waiting on my second one. And that piece of wearable technology had such a profound impact on my sleep hygiene. And the choices that I was making around sleep, where I remember writing the sleep chapter of the biohacker's guide. And I was like all day writing about how important sleep was and how much sleep we needed and all the cool things that happened during sleep. And then I wasn't sleeping or like, I wasn't sleeping enough (laughs) for sure. And I'm sitting there observing this cognitive dissonance. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm sitting here telling people to sleep 
and I'm getting three, four, five hours of sleep a night, running myself into the ground, doing podcasts like like, like a lunatic that's lacking proper cognitive function. And when I started seeing the printouts on the aura ring, like, oh, if I eat too late, my deep sleep tanks. Oh, if I drink alcohol, my REM sleep tanks. Then I was like, it got me second guessing those decisions, or at least thinking twice about them before making those, those choices that I knew were going to have that effect because I could see it in black and white. And I, I could, I could project something like this, having a similar effect. Oh, every time I drink my hormone, my, my testosterone drops by 9%. Do I really want to do that when I'm trying to put on muscle and increase drive and motivation and aggression, you know? Yeah, I think uh, two two things I want to remark on uh, on your what you're saying. I think the first one is very common for yeah players in these fields, especially you, just high driving uh, type A personalities, and you know that sleep is very important and rest is very important. But you you also feel that you have a mission to talk about these subjects. So, and then sometimes yeah, you, you just forget your own health. And the second thing that I found really interesting is, for example, the aura ring, but also the quantified self in which we talked about. It's a really honest mirror. So we, we, we like to trick ourselves, our brain. So I had, I had the same experience as you. Just, uh, for example, when I have just one glass of alcohol, well, I slept okay. It doesn't matter. And then you see the, the results on the aura ring and you say, whoa. What is happening here? So it's, it's, yeah, it's, I really like it. it you have to deal with it. So it, it has some mental capabilities just to be really honest with yourself, but it can really help to improve your health. Yeah. For, and for people listening who aren't familiar, we're talking about the, the aura ring spelled with an O and we've got some, some sort of discount that I don't know off the top of my head, but it's the, the website's bestbiohacks.com slash O-U-R-A-R-I-N-G. So there's something there where if you type in discount code biohacks, you save some money, but it's, it's a dope piece of wearable tech. Um, nice. So Peter, take me back to your quantified self days. Is there anything from that time that you still track and monitor to this day? Uh, there are a couple of things. There are some things I, I track on a daily basis. For example, my weights, uh, for example, my sleep quality, uh, for example, also my heart rate variability. Um, and that's an indicator of your, your, yeah, your, your stress level in life. So the, the, the higher your heart rate variability, the, the more ready you are. And what I liked to come back to the aura ring one time. And it's, is, your, it's your relative heart rate variability, right? Like it's not like yeah. you compared to LeBron James. It's <laughs> like you compared to you with yeah. when, you, when you're able to put it in the context of all of your other morning readiness scores, right? Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, you also, and that's, I think the, the power of quantified self is that you are comparing yourself to yourself. It's NS1. Uh, type of um, uh, comparison and there are some yeah some quantified self things I do once a week for example I, I do med daily meditation and just once a week I calibrate my meditation while using a, a, a muse a muse is a headband which measures your brain waves yeah how do you like that thing um, I, I think I like it, but the calibration part takes a little bit too long for me. <laughs> Maybe that has something to say about me that I don't have the time to really relax and install. But uh, but for the rest, I like it. Yeah. What about this you? This is the very reason I'm meditating. It's my lack of patience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> calibration meaning how long it takes the device to calibrate to you from like, is that something that happens once or is that something that needs to happen every time you use the device? Yeah. The, fir the first time it, it takes a little longer and then every day you use it, it takes a little bit shorter, but sometimes it's still too long for me. How long is that? What are we talking yeah, about? I think one minute or two minutes. But oh, that's <laughs> not bad. How long are you meditating for? Uh, 15 minutes now. Okay. Yeah. And do you find that like the remaining, you know, 13 or 14 minutes of meditation are better quality than if you were to just not use the muse and let's say jump on um, a guided meditation using Headspace or uh, Holosync or Brain.fm? Um, that's a good question. Um, 
Actually, it depends. Uh, the nice thing about the Muse it, it's that it gives me feedback, but in a non-intrusive way, because the, the better you meditate, the calmer the sea is getting and you hear uh, the waves crashing in when you're really all over the place with your thoughts and when you're more at rest and it, the, the sea gets a little bit calmer. And that's a part I really like as a, as a biohacker that you get feedback on your meditation. Um, but I did not test it yet while using other applications or other devices. So I'm not sure. Okay, cool, cool. And have you used any other tech for like meditation or um, improving presence and, and consciousness and awareness? Yeah, a couple of things. Uh, more on the tech side, I also uh, use uh, the Tink. It's a transcranial current direct stimulation as i um oh that's it yeah there's a little current on your head how do you spell that t-h-i-n-k uh a c at the end t-h-y-i-n-c t-h-i-n-c think yeah just like a think but then not a k but a c and not a i but a t-h-y-n-c yeah 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 trans and that's transcranial nice how does that work yeah, you like you have two packages, and one package is like the the the, the calm modus, and the calm modus works good for me. But then you, then you also have the energy modus, and it's yeah, it's a little bit too much for me. But you can tweak it, and there's an app with it. But it's it's kind of yeah, it's kind of tinkling on my head. But I find it very fascinating because, for example, the 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 the, the army in the United States is doing tests with these applications that they're using snipers are training with these kinds of devices and it really improves their hit ratio and their response time actually. And it's also very prone in gamer industry where yeah. gamers are using it to uh, yeah, perform better in Call of Duty or I don't know, League of Legends. And for me as a futurist, that's really interesting that these guys and girls are using it and then their major applications, I, I also think for the rest of the world. And what is the army using this think device or are they using another type of hardware? I think uh, they're using their own uh, their own high-end class uh, device. I don't think they use the thing, but I read some articles that they're really uh, using this technology, yeah, just looking for a competitive edge. Yeah, that's, that's fucking dope. We, um, have you, are you familiar with the Halo Sport? Yes, I, I did not have a chance to test it yet, but I heard about it, yeah. It's really cool, and, and I've used it in a few different scenarios. So like the first time I used it, I was so excited to try it. I'd already worked out, it arrived, so I wasn't going to use it during my workout, which is how you're supposed to basically like for the listeners, you throw this thing on during your warm up, and you do different, um, different types of, of movements and it stimulates, it uses the current to stimulate the motor cortex. And, um, and, and it helps you to learn motor patterns faster and get more explosiveness out of certain lifts. And, and you're seeing guys that are like three, four five year veterans in the NFL beating their, their 40 yard sprint times. Um, so really cool things that aren't supposed to be happening. And so I just used it that first day. Cause like I had to get it on and I was, I was so uh, excited ripping it out of the box and I felt an instant lift in energy and focus and almost like mood too. It was almost like my brain was making more neurotransmitters and I went and just like recorded a, a webinar, like a live webinar and it felt great. And then I was thinking like, how much of a, of a deterioration happens with neurodegenerative disorders like Parkinson's. My dad has Parkinson's. So when we were up at our lake house, I gave it to him, had him use it. And within one session, he was already like afterwards, you have about a 24 hour period of neuroplasticity. So like, you know, improvements in, um, in new neural connections, especially associated with movement. And my dad was just walking better from one session of this thing. Whereas wow, like, that's at the time awesome. he was kind of crossing his feet a little bit and, his movement wasn't, um, wasn't anything that you would call home about one session on that. And he was walking better. So there's, there's a lot of excitement around this type of technology and what we can do using electricity, which is really like what, what fuels all of our biology, right. At the simplest level and, um, and applying it to the right parts of the brain, depending on what type of outcome you want to achieve. That's dope, man. 
Um, yeah, what I liked about like about your example is that it's like most people when I talk about biohacking, they're thinking, oh, just uh, boys doing biohacking because they have enough money and enough spare time. And but that's an, a perfect example that biohacking can really influence the lives of everyone. Yeah, the term the term gets overused, misused, misinterpreted, and 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 it's a phrase that has a different meaning to everyone. Right. And, yes. uh, and, and there are some people that to them, biohacking is like injecting chlorophyll into their eyes so that they could see at night. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather turn some low blue lights on and <laughs> see at night <laughs> more than, practical, yeah. than do anything like that. But, um, for me, it biohacking is a tool to influence what is the, it, it's the greatest force multiplier in our lives. It's our health. And to teach people Something you mentioned earlier that that resonated with me. You, you, you said I'm a, a do-it-yourself futurist, and like I'm big on teaching people how to effectively self-diagnose certain things. And that's not like a slight on the medical system in any way. It's it's to help people understand what's going on inside their body, so that they can become more self-sufficient and have better tools for addressing those things that may be interfering with their quality of life. So basically self-diagnosis and self-sufficiency, it ties a lot into the things that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Nice way of putting it. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, so, okay. That's kind of the quantified self days. And then take us to the days when, um, where you would have categorized yourself as like, as, as a biohacker or more into biohacking. What are some of the things that you have kept as a part of your daily or weekly routine from, from that era? Well, I think uh, one of the most profound, for me, an important part of biohacking, it's not only, so for me, biohacking is the use of biology, technology, and personal experiments to optimize yourself. And for me, uh, a main driver are those personal experiments. And for a, a couple of years, I did one experiment for a month. For example, I started really easy, like, or easy 30 days without alcohol, 30 days without coffee, and then looking, analyzing, monitoring. You're losing people, Peter. You're like, shit, that's like, people are like, that's the two most fun things I put in my body. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can go on, on because I also did, I don't know if, if you're an, have an explicit show, but I also did 30 days without having an orgasm or ejaculation, so... You're killing me, small. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> These are all good things worth testing. I'm just messing yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Biohacking is not for the faint-hearted. You really have to <laughs> put in your energy. Um, what what I, did you find? Start with, uh, start with 30 days of no orgasm. What, did you, what were the results of the test? Um, well, I, uh, when I started with doing personal experiments like this one, I, I, I go on the internet and I read books, for example, books uh, that you also have written, and I look for other people's opinions or test results. And I found out that there were some couple of people in history, of, uh, for example, um, the guy that wrote the book, uh, Finger Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, yeah, and uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Gandhi, they, they were quoted in saying that when you withdraw yourself from having an orgasm, you can use the sexual energy to be more productive. Yeah. So they think that's, that's nice for your listeners as well, if you want to be more productive. And in a way, I also noticed that feeling during these 30 days until the last couple of days, because then I was just thinking about uh, getting back into action, as you might say it. Uh, yeah, but, but it was also, I think, one of the most important things of doing these personal experiments, and you don't have to be like 30 days, you can also do five days or three days or seven, I don't care, but it gets you out of your stock habits. And I think there are so many habits that I just are ingrained in my life, and I also think in other people's lives. And if you just stop for it, for a couple of days, it yeah, it really has this sort of reset effect for me. And yeah, you can do it with all kinds of behaviors in your life. Yeah, one of one of the guys in our in our community, um, he's a consulting client. He was um, he was going through a period where he felt a little bit disconnected from his wife. They've got like five kids, um, and so as an experiment, he decided that. He was only going to, if, if he masturbated, he was only going to masturbate thinking about his wife. And within 
seven to 10 days, a lot of the silly fights and silly arguments that they were having started to dissipate. And by the end of 30 days of doing this and having that intention to remain faithful, both physically and emotionally and cognitively to her, their relationship was better than it had been in a really long time which is kind of wild because you think about the biological side of things, but then you also think about the quantum physics of intention and um, what we're putting out with our thoughts and that energy into the universe and how all of that interacts with our, our relationships and manifests into good things or um, conflicts. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really interesting question. It's also something I ask myself a lot. For example, do you, while I was doing my biohacking phase, as you, as you might call it, I also was trying to upgrade my cognition. So I tried nootropics and uh, I uh, put some extra effort on my meditation, etc. And I, I tried to improve my physical capabilities to become stronger and faster. And I tried to improve my social capabilities. So I had an assignment for 30 days. I have to get into contact with a stranger which was really, I'm more like an introvert, which is really nerve wracking, actually. That's, that's not a goal that you could pursue while doing your uh, 30 days of no sex. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. No, that was another month. I uh, need some contact with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You need to release some pressure. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's the same also with the, um, like, yeah, improving your cognition and your, your mental energy. And, and, but I also was interested in how can I improve my spiritual life? And meditation helps, but I also tried some psychedelics, for example, ayahuasca. Nice. And when I did ayahuasca, I had the feeling, wow, I, I, a couple of years ago I was doing quantified self and I was thinking in the end we can measure everything. But I was sensing and feeling, experiencing things in which I think, just like the example you gave about the quantum physics between uh, your, uh, uh, your client and his wife, that there are things we cannot measure. There are some yeah, distinct human spiritual things. Uh, I'm, and I'm also not sure if in the end we want to measure these kinds of things. I think we're, we're a ways off, but things are accelerating at such a rate that it may happen sooner than we realize. Um, how did you do ayahuasca? Did you, did you go to Peru or was this, did you, did you order it on the dark web and do it in your bedroom? How did that go down? <laughs> no, uh, we did it here in, uh, in, in the Netherlands. There are also some parts in the Netherlands or some, some places in the Netherlands you can do it. And it was like a two-day event and was, uh, yeah, it was also with a shaman, etc. Et but it was not like the real deal in Peru. And I also also not think that indeed do-it-yourself do ayahuasca is a very good idea. <laughs> no, no. Um, yeah, so for, for people who aren't familiar, how would you describe ayahuasca? The drink itself is really awful. <laughs> but well, it is like... with what it is. Yeah, what it is, it's, um, uh, I like to, to compare it with the Netflix series Sense8, in which there are people that are more aware of their connection to each other and to, uh, how you say, the Mother Earth. And ayahuasca is a s- sort of chemical based on two plants from the Brazilian Amazon, in which releases are super. I don't know how it exactly works, but it helps you to rewire some connections in your brain in which you are able also to get into your youth uh, while you will yeah, to relive the moment you were born or relive the first three years or maybe get into past lives, etc. cetera. Um, and for everybody, it's different every time. So it's difficult to really get a grip on it, at least for me. What was your experience like, or what did it, did, did it help you with? Did you find it helpful? Um, yes, I, I started out with my curiosity, like being a do-it-yourself futurist, although I did not coin the term at the moment, but I think 
and these psychedelics are getting more and more traction, I think also in the United States for PTSD, etc. Uh, so it started for me with curiosity. In the first session, I was also sitting there or lying there, I must say, and I was really trying to control everything. But that's not the ideal way to um, do ayahuasca. You really have to let go of your control, of your ego, of everything. And um, the second and the third time I had some, some visions, but also really strong, I felt really strong gravity to the ground. And later, because we also did a roundup, was also that the shaman told, well, that can be a sign in which you also need to reconnect further to your manlyhood, uh, which I found very interesting. So after that, I, yeah, I, I just, so I, when you did a, do a session ayahuasca, it's not done. You get like weeks later, you get like a, a glimpse back of the ceremony or you get an insight or, so it can help with doing your personal development work but it's not a means in itself. Yeah. Did you have benefits that persisted from the use of ayahuasca, things that translated to uh, your everyday life? Yeah, I think more awareness. Um, also about the quality of the relationship I, I'm in with my girlfriend, which in you can describe it or you can try at least for me, I think sometimes find it difficult to put words on it. And during the ceremony, I really had a profound feeling for her and I, yeah, I cannot describe it even now, but it really helped indeed in a new way, a new light, I think on our relationship, which I think continues until now. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So the ayahuasca, um, the, the bufo, alvarius, uh, sonoran desert toad, these are some of the compounds that contain a, a substance known as uh, DMT or dimethyltryptamine. And the organic form of it is, is more specifically 5-MeO-DMT. And it's, it's something that a lot of evidence suggests is produced in our pineal gland is like a, a part of our brain and, and the time it's, it's supposed to be what is responsible for near death experiences. There's a lot of, um, literature suggesting that the times that it's produced in the greatest quantities are when we're born and when we die. Um, one of, one of my clients came down to visit in early June and we did the, um, the Bufo alvarius. The, mm. so basically like they take the uh, paratoid gland of this toad and there's one of these toads in the world that, that produces the five MEO DMT and they can squeeze the paratoid gland to extract the venom and then it dries and you can actually smoke it. Um, and there's a really interesting episode for anyone that's listening and wants to learn more about this. Uh, it's a show called Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia with a, with a pH and season two, episode one, uh, covers the psychedelic toad. And I actually watched that after we'd already done <laughs> the, after we'd done the ceremony, but DMT, whether it's through ayahuasca, whether it's through the Bufo Alvarius, it's, it's a decision that I believe, um, is up to the user to determine if it's something for them. This is in no way advocating the use of these substances. Uh, nonetheless, it, it's, it was something that I found very helpful in a lot of ways and kind of, it can be difficult for us to be objective with ourselves and realize the areas where we're kind of fucking ourselves and holding ourselves back and the bullshit lies that we're telling ourselves. And in that state, and even afterwards, as you mentioned, those moments where you can kind of come back to it, it's, it's much easier to almost look at your life from a 30,000 foot view and see some of the things you're doing right, some of the things you're doing wrong, some of the places where you're putting energy into, um, in, into areas that don't really serve you or like the, the impact that you want to have or the legacy that you want to leave. Like, why am I pursuing that goal at the expense of spending time with some of these people that I really care about? You, you realize like how much of this journey that we're on is really related to people, the people we care about, the people we love, the people we appreciate, helping to make their lives better, the, the, the way that they make our lives better. And we can get caught up with so many distractions that pull us away from that. Uh, especially when you're trying to hustle and you're trying to grind, 
And these, these moments where you feel a greater connection to all living things for, for me also came with a clarity, like slow down, motherfucker. You're, (laughs) you're, you're, you're putting a lot of time and energy into things that don't matter nearly as much as like calling your mom on a Sunday and telling her that you love her or like sending a text to someone on their birthday. That's not just happy birthday, exclamation point. Like, you know, telling them something you appreciate about them, little things like that, where you can slow down that those were some of the things that persisted for me from, from that experience. Uh, but I haven't done ayahuasca. I am, I am interested in it. Mm, yeah. That's uh, what, what well said actually. And that's also a development I see in, if you can call it the biohacker scene where more and more in the beginning, it was really focused on technology, but now you see more and more attention also to nature and biology, but also like you said, to the social relations, just, and, and I think, when you're doing biohacking to increase your health, it's not your end goal to be healthy, but you can use your health just to enjoy life to the fullest and enjoy the surroundings of the people you love. So I think it's really a good point. Yeah, for sure. I've actually got, so I have a a few episodes that we're recording today for the podcast. And then I have a physician who's a friend of mine coming over afterwards and and I'm doing a session of uh, ketamine. And, uh, ah. she's doing it here because I didn't have time to get to her office, but that's, that's something I've been finding very beneficial as well. And we're probably going to stack it with some, uh, NAD plus some, uh, nicotinamide adenide dinucleotide, um, which is really good for energy production. Um, cool, cool. What's, what's the last book that you read and loved Peter? Oh, wow. Good question. Uh, the last book I read is Life 3.0 from Max Tegmark. And he's, uh, I don't know where he's teaching, but it's about artificial intelligence. So, How do you spell his last name? Uh, T-E-G-M-A-R-K. Max And... Yeah, it's, it's, it's because my main focus at the moment is a new technology, being a do-it-yourself futurist. Uh, we talked about biotechnology and genetics, etc. But I think we come first to an era of superhumans in which we are able to upgrade our own capabilities with genetics, with bioelectronics, with pharmaceuticals, etc. But I think at least that's the case case that Techmark makes in his book and also where people like Elon Musk weren't about and Stephen Hawking weren't about that in the end we have like an intelligence explosion or super intelligence, which is an artificial intelligence, which is smarter than our collective human intelligence. And what will happen to us as mankind at that, as that moment arrives? Do we, do they wipe us out or... Do we live together or do we melt together like being a cyborg in which we can connect human intelligence to artificial intelligence? Well, that's, that's the book about, so I really liked it. That's cool. It raises, it raises some other interesting questions like on the role and importance of feelings and emotion and can those be programmed into AI? And if so, does it even matter? Because I think a lot of a lot of those feelings and emotions that we emit as humans are are part of what makes us uniquely human and part of our electromagnetic gift. It's one of the ways that we communicate and, and, and resonate with other people that I believe, at least as of right now, cannot be um, cannot be programmed and can't be um, cannot be uh, observed in. Uh, non-living. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I also think, for example, the ex- the, um, the conversation we are having right now, we are coming more and more to a world where artificial intelligence are, is taking more and more tasks from us and maybe jobs from us. But I think that the, 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 the person-to-person interaction we are having right now or that the listeners are happy, having with a family of friends, these are really and, and things like feelings and empathy and communication and cooperation are becoming more and more important things or skill sets in life. So I just think it's really yeah important to be aware of. Nice. You'd mentioned part of your journey for a while was included nootropics and other things to enhance cognition. What had the biggest impact on your cognition? 
I think nootropics help. Uh, there are some uh, brands that are only, I think in the US you have better options, but in we have, a, I think, strict regulation, at least here in the Netherlands. But I use nootropics, for example, when I get on stage, when I have to deliver a keynote. I use certain nootropics because I, I, I notice it helps my verbal fluency. Um, but I think the most important thing to improve my cognition is actually doing meditation. It helps to calm my mind and be more aware and more calm. And especially when I do it in the morning, because then I do, then I, it's a whole other start it, it, of the day than compared to going to my email or going to social media or just starting with my first task. And another thing I also noticed is, for example, which is a routine when in the, in the afternoon I have an important meeting or a keynote I have to give. Then in the morning I practice it once and then I go out for a run. And I noticed that doing sports after doing your learning, it really improves my retrieval when I actually am going to do the task at hand. Yeah, that's really cool. It, it almost allows you to like assimilate the information and engage different parts of your brain, like rather than just the, you know, the, the visual or auditory centers, you're getting kinesthetic with it and, and kind of like yeah. taking your conscious awareness away so that your yeah. subconscious can do its thing. Uh, so yeah. what's, what's your go-to stack? Like, let's say you had a keynote speech tomorrow. What, what nootropics would you go to? What brands, what dosages? What have you found to be best? Oh, I cannot hear you at the moment. Oh yeah. It just, it just said the connection is unstable, which is odd. I'm hardwired in right now. Let's give it a second. And then when you can hear me again, it should, it should pick back up. Ah, there we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. Now I can hear you again. All right. Nice. It's okay. So we just had a little, it just said connection is unstable, but we're good. We'll have them. Um, we'll have James edit that out in post. That's all good. <laughs> James. Um, I'll, I'll kind of rephrase the question and then we'll, we'll continue. Let me just see. All right, cool. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll knock out a couple cool, like fun rapid fire questions and, um, <laughs> and, and bring it home. Um, so let's say you had a keynote speech tomorrow. What would be your go-to nootropic stack to maximize your verbal fluency and, and verbal recall and articulation? Um, yeah, I like the, um, I have some Dutch brands I use, but I like, uh, I do daily creatine um, supplementation. And I also like the, I don't know what's the type, but the natural stacks combined also with smart caffeine. Smart caffeine is also really close. I don't, I don't like to drink my coffee in the afternoon. So in the afternoon, I take just one or two smart caffeine pills. And I, yeah, because I'm introvert, I really need it just to boost my energy and my extrovertness. So that helps. Is that, that smart caffeine is a natural stacks product. That's the one where they combine caffeine with L-theanine. Yeah. I think that's one. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. And then did, was it, was there another one of the natural stacks products that you, that you mix in there? Yeah. But, uh, I forgot about the name. I can uh, send you to it later. It's the one with like artichoke, right? Yeah. 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 What's the name again? Maybe I, I, sh I should pop some pills before this interview. <laughs> yeah. That's my memory. I, I know, I know what you're talking about. They've got, it's one of their, it's one of their main nootropic products. I think even it may have even been something that Tim mentioned in, um, in four hour body. And, uh, I, I think that he was one of the first ones to popularize artichoke. Maybe I'm talking out my ass right now. Um, how much creatine do you take? And, and is it creatine monohydrate? Is it creatine hydrochloride? Do you know? Yeah, it's a monohydrate and it's about three till five milligrams or grams a day. Three, yeah, th yeah three to five, three to five grams. Um, oh, so that's a good dose. Are you doing that? Is that helping put on muscle? Uh, well, I have a gene genomic predisposition that I'm not that mascu uh, mus muscular, uh, but I mainly use it for my neurodegenerative maintenance. Okay, cool. Yeah, that is, there, there's a, a ton of evidence showing creatine 
is beneficial with neurodegenerative disease and cognitive enhancement. I notice when I'm take I take a combination of usually about 1600 or like 1600 milligrams of creatine monohydrate um, daily. I do the the Jaro Crea Pure one, which is just it's inexpensive and it works well. It's pharmaceutical grade, and then um, and then I do two capsules of the Promera Health creatine hydrochloride. I find that those have like different benefits and like doing too much of the Jaro, the creatine monohydrate, I get like a little bit puffy where I, I like retain water yeah. more. Um, but when I'm able to do both, it's sex drive is higher. Motivation is higher. Cognitive function is higher. And you, you maintain mass a little bit easier. Um, so that's cool, man. And then, and then the two natural stacks ones you mentioned, uh, I don't think I've done, I don't think I've used either of those, but We'll have to check them out at some point. Um, what, is, what is like the first, let's say, 60 minutes of your day look like? Um, when I wake up, I first uh, read in, um, um, in a little stoicism book just to get some philosophy and just... Uh, it's the Yeah, it's... Oh, I'm really bad with names right now. It's awful. Mark, but, Marcus, uh, Marcus Aurelius? No, no, the, the Ryan Holidays in which he... Oh, yeah, yeah, a, the Daily Stoic. The Daily Stoic, yeah, yeah. yeah nice. So I read in the Daily Stoic and then I, I think about it a little bit and then I go uh, get some water to get a, put on my tea. And I all... So for sometimes I, I started with coffee, but I noticed just starting with tea gets me more relaxed, more into the day. It gets a better start. So I have some tea and then, then I do some, sorry? <laughs> All that theanine. Yeah, <laughs> just relax and zen. Um, and then I write in my journal uh, and I practice gratitude because for a long time I just was like you, just hitting new goals and not being satisfied with the life I'm having right now. And there are more, there's more and more evidence coming up that practicing your gratitude in the morning or in the evening. So I write down my three things that I'm grateful for. And the assignment for me is that I have to write three things different. So I cannot write every day, my girlfriend or my yeah. cat, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so I really have to be aware and be at the moment and think about, well, where I'm, am I grateful for? Uh, and then I do some freestyle journaling, just what's in the top of my head. Like the, um, like morning pages style, like Julia yeah. Cameron. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, sometimes it works better for me than other days, but it's just nice just to just right away and just leave it there. And, um, and then that, that's what I'm doing while drinking my tea. Um, and then I will do my 15 minute meditation sometimes with, uh, the app Oak, which is, uh, I used and sometimes with Muse, but mostly with Oak, it's a really nice meditation app, I think. O-A-K? Yes. Um, and then sometimes I'm just starting with a LSD microdosing routine. So on every fourth day, I take some, uh, microdose of LSD and I think that's about one hour. Are you doing like uh, 10 units? Uh, yeah, I'm now in the phase where I have to um, alter my substance. So I'm now about 12, I think. Just have to tweak and see what the effects are. Very cool. Yeah, and, it's a, I, I don't know. It's, it's a rather strange episode with ayahuasca and <laughs> quantum health. It's fun. I mean, I've, I've, I've messed around with, um, with, with some of these things as well and have found them helpful. And, yeah. you know, we're going through an era where some people have a lot of hardwired and, and preconceived beliefs towards these things. And it's very different. I, I think that the impact that they can have on us depends largely on the intent behind, um, their use and the dosage, right? Are you taking them to go out and like part of your face off or are you doing them to tap into different parts of your cognition or your physiology that are more difficult to access without a little bit of assistance? And the, the, the research is showing that psilocybin, you know, mushrooms, LSD, ketamine, um, and I'm sure it will show dimethyltryptamine, the, the DMT, all allow us to do these in ways that are very difficult with just 
breath work and meditation, or you would need to meditate for 10 days to come even close to what you can do in minutes with the right combination of uh, microdosed psychedelic substances. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's really hacks, shortcuts, but not not to our biology, but to our spirituality. I think. Couldn't agree more, uh, Peter. This has been awesome, man. I've been I've been enjoying hanging out with you in our talk. I look forward to doing more together. And um, where can people who are interested in keeping up with what you're working on and and the different talks and uh, that you're releasing, where can they stay up to speed with everything that you've got going on? Yeah, my, my main focus at the moment is the superhuman era. Uh, so these are really about our bio enhancement and ways in we have upgraded humans and what's the impact on society. Do we have like a social difference between the superhumans and the normal humans? And do we have enclaves of different modified humans? Well, if you're interested in that, you can, I have a, a site for also my international keynotes For example, the keynote in Stockholm and Japan and uh, Manila. You can go to superhumantalks.com in which we are also some slides of these keynotes, but also some interviews will be up there, probably also with you in the upcoming months. And so go to superhumantalks.com. Beautiful. And I'm going to rattle off just some of the things that, that Peter and I discussed, at least until we uh, get someone on our team that wants to go through and do all the show notes. But superhumantalks.com, that's where you go to stay up to date with everything that Peter's working on and his his lectures and slides and all of that cool stuff that he's got in, in the works. Um, the Think Transcranial Device, T-H-Y-N-C. We talked about the Muse that Peter uses for meditation. We talked about the Aura Ring which you can check out at bestbiohacks.com slash Aura Ring. Uh, we discussed ayahuasca, which doesn't really have a website, but there is a book, Stealing Fire, that may be an interesting place to, to talk. We talked about the Bufo Alvarius or the Sonoran Desert Toad and uh, the 5-MeO-DMT that, that I experienced with that. We talked about creatine, the company Natural Stacks, their product that has the artichoke and then their other smart caffeine product and a whole bunch of other stuff This has been fun, Peter. I, I appreciate hanging out, man. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, awesome. I really enjoyed it. And you uh, you have a great take on, on, on biohacking and, and what's important in this field. So keep up the good work, but also don't think to, don't forget to also focus on your own rest and health. <laughs> So one of the questions that I get more than any other is, does it matter if I buy organic? Do I need to? Because let's be honest, they're more expensive, right? So rather than share opinion or hearsay, let's look to the scientific literature. A huge new meta-analysis that was published in the British Journal of Nutrition looked at over 200 studies, and it found that organic plants have over 50% more nutrients and beneficial health compounds like omega-3 fatty acids compared to conventional non-organic plants. And this is part of a growing body of evidence documenting how dramatically farming methods can influence the nutritional content of the foods we eat. And another large meta-analysis found that organic crops ranging from broccoli, to blueberries have substantially higher concentrations of a range of antioxidants, bioflavonoids, and flavanols that fight cancer and keep your cells clean. And that study was looking at over 300 other independent pieces of scientific literature. For example, organic crops had about 50% more anthocyanins and flavanols compared to conventional crops. And consumption of these compounds is linked to a variety of benefits, including anti-inflammatory effects, which you guys know inflammation is one of the leading drivers of just about every degenerative disease, and they protect our cells from damaging free radicals, and they fend off diseases that can accelerate cellular aging. So how does this happen? How's this all going down, and how does it affect us? Well, it comes down to stress. Organic plants are exposed to more stress. They're exposed to insect attacks. And conventional plants aren't. Why? Because conventional plants get sprayed with pesticides. Pesticides that are now being implicated in cancer and many of these growing neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and dementia. 
In fact, when my dad was diagnosed with Parkinson's, one of the very first questions he was asked was, did you grow up on a farm? Because these neurologists are seeing so many people who are exposed to greater amounts of pesticides experiencing these diseases. And that holds true if we're eating them and putting them in our body by choice by not buying organic. So what do you do? How do I get organic produce being a busy entrepreneur and someone that's on the road, someone that's packing right now and getting ready to spend 15 days traveling? Well, the first thing I do is get Organifi in my body every single day. This is a superfood powder that contains some of the most powerful greens on the planet. And every single ingredient is organic. Just reading the ingredients label to you guys right now. It's got organic wheatgrass, organic moringa, organic spirulina, organic chlorella, which contains chlorophyllin, a compound that new studies are showing helps to detoxify our cells from the 100,000 plus man-made chemicals in the air we breathe, the water we drink, the food we eat. And this is stuff that wasn't around even 50 years ago. Our grandparents didn't have to deal with these same challenges. Organifi is also the first thing that goes in my suitcase to make sure that when I'm on the road and it's harder to eat healthy, I'm still getting my body the nutritional insurance that it needs. And the list goes on and on. But the long and the short of it is, if you guys want to make one easy decision right now that gets more organic nutrients, bioflavonoids, and anti-cancer compounds that will keep your cells clean, keep you feeling great, and literally detoxify your body from the inside out, pick up Organifi Green Juice and make sure you're putting it in your body every single day and in your suitcase every time you travel. And we've got an awesome discount set up for you guys. To check that out, head over to Organifi.com slash biohacks. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I dot com slash biohacks. You can enter discount code biohacks, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-S, to save some money on your Organifi order. And you'll start feeling these benefits for yourself right away. 